Future of Work Florida. Welcome to the Future of Work Florida podcast, brought to you by the Florida Chamber of Commerce and Florida Chamber Foundation. This podcast series is dedicated to equipping Florida's business leaders with the knowledge, solutions, and resources available to secure Florida's workforce talent. Today, we have an exclusive episode featuring Future of Work Advisory Board member Brooke Malsberger, Director of Global Talent Acquisition and Rotary Admission Systems at Lockheed Martin. In this episode, Brooke discusses recruitment and retention strategies to consider in this tight economy, including the importance of listening and adapting to employee needs. Hey, Brooke, how are you? Good, how are y'all? So we can start just with question number one, which no surprise to you and what you do, right? We know job creators are facing a talent crisis and we're still in the same kind of operating status of more open jobs that are looking for people than people looking for work. So with kind of the environment that we're in, how is Lockheed Martin retaining and recruiting talent? Sure. It's a great question. Um, So Lockheed Martin offers competitive salaries and a wonderful and expansive um, benefits package uh, for a wide range of fields and skills, um, including a lot of engineering disciplines, computer science, cybersecurity, uh, operations, manufacturing, et cetera. Um, And we really have embraced a work environment that supports virtual and or hybrid work and flexible schedules. So really, you know, those um, flexible schedules and hybrid and virtual work um, really helps employees meet their personal and family needs uh, while still complete, you know, the work and meet business needs uh, that we have on our end. Um, And we also offer a number of health and wellness services to employees, including um, tutoring for children. We offered that during the pandemic uh, just to try to help employees, you know, balance their work and life needs. Um, And so that's something that we have continued even after. Um, You know, with that, in addition to uh, great pay and benefits, um, uh, part of that also includes, you know, expanded tuition reimbursement to cover in-demand skills and certifications to support lifelong learning for our workforce. You know, uh, several years ago, we really, you know, kind of took a step back and looked at our tuition reimbursement policy and really expanded it to allow for uh, specific certifications um, in addition to, you know, post-secondary education. Um, our education, uh, our tuition reimbursement used to only cover um, like four-year degrees, you know, master's, bachelor's, um, and we've expanded that to include certifications as well to really help employees uh, with their, their um, upskilling and, you know, kind of learning needs as well. So one thing, Um, just kind of listening to that, Brooke, it sounds like, you know, you guys have kind of kept up with what the maybe what employees are expecting or what the market is calling for. So as you are changing policies or looking at benefits and, and programs and different things like that, is it kind of just at the top level leadership that those decisions are made? Or do you survey employees or do you have kind of like a committee or task force that's representative of your employee base? I'd love to hear kind of how you guys approach that because we do hear from a lot of companies that, you know, there's certain things that I think the workforce is expecting these days. Some companies have like risen to the occasion or are leading in a lot of that. And then others are kind of still, they're not 
adopting or they're kind of thinking about how do we, you know, move forward with some of these programs or benefits and things like that. So I'd love to hear how you guys approach that. Yeah, it's really all of the above. So our executive leadership, you know, at the top is really committed to creating a work environment that meets employees needs, right, while still meeting the needs of the business and is very open to uh, new and different ideas to help us do that. Um, what we we have always had flexible work schedules. Um, that was something that we had before the pandemic. Um, but what we did during the pandemic was um, implemented company-wide um, a core 410 schedule. So not all employees, but most of our employees have a four-day work week. Uh, and we have every Friday off. So every weekend is a three-day weekend. Um, and we did that really based on, to your point, employee surveys, right? Our employees told us that uh, before we had a, um, a 980 schedule where most of employees had every other Friday off. Um, mm-hmm. And what we found is that employees uh, really wanted more time off. And so what we did is during the pandemic, we transitioned to a 410 schedule and we kept, you know, we, we still have that. Um, not every employee is on that. Like I said, we have flexible schedules. So 410 doesn't work for someone. They can work different work hours. They can flex their time within the work week. Um, but we really, um, you know, did that to respond to employee needs. We have annual employee surveys um, that we do, which uh, gathers a lot of feedback on employee experience, um, work-life balance, you know, learning, flexibility, et cetera. And so we take all of that feedback. It's briefed um, to our most senior level executives all the way down throughout the corporation. Um, And through some of that feedback, we developed a um, committee called the LM Forward Committee. Um, It started during the pandemic, but it's a committee that continues even after, which is really focused on how do we take employee feedback and, um, you know, what we see in the market, right, and create a workspace and workplace that employees want. So it not only focuses on um, looking at, you know, flexible work schedules and things like that, but it also focuses on, you know, what's our employee experience? How do we really understand what employees want from an employer and how do we kind of um, work and adjust our culture to meet those in the spaces where that's necessary? And then from a workspace, um, you know, perspective, we we aren't as remote as we were during the pandemic. We are definitely more of a hybrid um, company now, right? Um, and, you know, how do we have workspaces that really meet employee needs that help, um, you know, employees kind of collaborate when they are here on site? And, you know, what upgrades do we need to do to make that happen? Um, so we've done a number of things and like from a facilities and workspace um, mm-hmm. standpoint as well, really all centered around employee feedback, whether that's through surveys or um, through research or, you know, all of the above. So so we have executive engagement, uh, regular surveys for employees um, that kind of get briefed up and down the organization and analyzed. Um, and then we have a Ellen Forward Committee that is made up of very senior leaders in the corporation uh, that really focus on the employee experience on uh, workplace and workspace. So you got, I mean, 360, I feel like you're hitting yeah. all the, the different um, 
levels and everything. I love that. Um, so in terms of, and, and this, it, it may be not just at your company, but maybe just in the industry, since you're in HR, what are some trends that you're seeing in terms of employee and employ, uh, employer and employee expectations? Anything that's kind of bubbled up um, since the mm-hmm. pandemic or just that you're seeing kind of moving forward? Sure. Um, so I think, you know, the paradigm has shifted a lot recently where employees are more in the driver's seat than ever before uh, when it comes to, you know, work. And so I think, you know, the pandemic and then the great resignation that you know, really followed that really indicated that um, from an employee perspective, they're really putting their personal priorities over their professional ones. And they're setting very um uh, very strong boundaries, right, when it comes to work-life balance, more so than we've seen before. Um, and so, you know, kind of with that, we we started to see this a little bit before the pandemic, but, you know, kind of even more so since, you know, employees are more comfortable switching not just com- companies, but also industries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you know, what that's that's new and in terms of employee expectations and employees are really looking for you know, work that is meaningful for them and work that where they can continue to grow their skills. It used to be where employees would find jobs within a company, right, to grow their skills and just switch jobs within a company. Now we see them switching companies and even industries to get grow their skills and get that experience. Um, Nothing is off the table. (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly. Um, So you couple that with, you know, the the work-life balance and the strong need for uh, talent in the in the it, with the companies, um, you know, there really is a lot that's changing. Um, and then the the other thing I was thinking about too is, you know, employees are more in the driver's seat now when it comes to um, negotiating things like salary and benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see a lot of a lot more counter offers than we've ever seen before. Right, a lot higher expectations when it comes to those things um, than ever before, and so. Is it just salary, Brooke, that you're seeing, or are there just different requests? Like, if they're coming back to you guys with, "Hey, this is you know my vision for what I want," is it is it just salary? Because I've seen a lot of research where it's like pay is important, but it's not the be all end all. So I'm just curious if you're seeing like other ideas yeah. or other things that they're asking for that that are important. Yeah, salary is definitely one of them. You know, most employees aren't going to leave for you know salary decrease or even to stay the same, right? right? So we are seeing a request for for salary. Um, but we also see requests for things like hybrid and remote work, right? How can mm-hmm. I, you know, do I really have to come in the office every day? And, and we work with employees on that, you know, kind of expectations around um, the work environment, the tools that they have to do their jobs and things like that. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot of everything. Um, you know, luckily Lockheed Martin has competitive benefits packages. We have a flexible work schedule. We have, you know, a lot of programs in place to support employees. And so we all, you know, I think we're a very attractive you know, place place for talent to come. Um, but they're, they're definitely in the driver's seat and we definitely see more more negotiating than we have yeah. before. And you hit on a lot of this, but any other strategies, special programs, anything else that y'all are deploying at the company to address the talent shortage? I know you hit on the tuition reimbursement, the lifelong learning certifications, all of that. Um, yeah. But anything else that you may have missed? Yeah, we um, we do a lot. Uh, we give both STEM and vocational scholarships to students. 
to help them, you know, um, continue their education and hopefully be Lockheed Martin employees in the future. We partner locally with organizations like Career Source Florida, right, for apprenticeships um, and training programs to bring in um, talent from our local communities to meet our skills needs and, um, and you know, hopefully you know, have their career with Lockheed Martin. So with the with the pandemic and the increased virtual work, we do have a greater virtual footprint than we have before. And we also have very competitive relocation packages. So, you know, we are really looking at uh, where we have work that requires in-person, you know, kind of collaboration, at least on a hybrid basis. Mm-hmm. Um, we have competitive relocation packages to support employees um, with any relocation needs that they may have so that we can really try to find the talent where it is and, you know, where it requires, you know, any sort of relocation to a Lockheed Martin facility. We, we do support employees with that. The other thing I would mention is we have across the company uh, employee referral programs, and we even have some enhanced employee referral programs where, you know, the, the greatest advocate and support of our talent is our own, uh, for new talent is our own current talent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they know the culture, they know, you know, kind of, you know, who would be a good fit for us. And so we have employee referral programs. And for some of our, you know, critical skills, we have um, enhanced referral programs as well, uh, where employees can recommend um, other, you know, people that they know for Lockheed Martin roles. And if they're hired, get, you know, cash incentives for those referrals. Um. All right. So I think we've hit on a lot of what you guys are doing. So this is a bigger question kind of tied to the initiative and the advisory board and everything that you're working with us on. So looking at the future of work, what do you think that looks like in Florida and and across the nation? But obviously, we're, you know, we're talking about Florida. Sure. So I would say our future is bright in Florida. Uh, We currently have over 16,000 Lackey Martin employees um, in Florida alone, and we have a strong backlog of work that will continue to remain in Florida and great partnerships with local uh, schools, communities, community colleges, and four-year institutions, right, to help provide um, experiences and employment opportunities for a lot of our Florida residents. And I think, you know, we have a culture that, you know, really uh, provides a great employee experience and meets those ever-changing employee expectations. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to um, our continued partnership with the state of Florida and local, you know, communities uh, with that, you know, looking at continuing to expand our apprenticeship programs, looking at how we expand um, internships, especially high school internships for students and really supporting um, Florida residents with, you know, their employment needs, right, while also meeting business needs. Lockheed Martin um, has a strong presence in Florida and will continue to do so. Perfect. Any advice that you would share with job creators um, about, you know, kind of y'all's approach to talent, to recruitment, retention, and, you know, just to kind of staying up on uh, what, you know, what you need as a business and what employees are asking for? Sure. Um, I would say lean into your education and workforce partners across the region. Get to know what programs exist in local high schools and community colleges, whether it's for credit or not for credit, and the recruitment and other services and funding available for agencies like CareerSource Florida and local boards. You know, those those collaborations and networks are really um, helpful and provide a lot can provide a lot of resources for companies as they seek to find you know really qualified Florida talent for their jobs. 
Last question is, why did you get involved in the Future of Work Florida initiative? Sure. Uh, well, we could not be more pleased to be involved um, in this initiative as Florida, as one of Florida's largest employers and an employer who's committed to our current and future workforce in Florida. We know that if we want the education and workforce system to prepare the talent we need, then we have to have a seat at the table and really help shape and evolve that. So Perfect. And then one, I guess we can end with this. This is a really good question. Can you talk a little bit about the your employee mindset and how employee performance has grown or improved based on what y'all are offering and the culture that you've built at the company? Uh, well, we have always had a really strong employee engagement, right, and employee satisfaction without, you know, kind of going into our specific numbers. Um, employee engagement has always, and work-life balance, quite frankly, have always been, you know, kind of our, our top scoring items every time we do employee surveys, right? And, and, and oftentimes, it's one of the things that employees say they value. I think what, what we have done a good job of is as employee expectations have changed, right, with remote and hybrid work, really partnering with our employees and, and helping find solutions, whether it's where they work or when they work or how they work, um, that, you know, really meets their needs, but also the needs of the business. You know, it's a true partnership. And I think we've done a good job helping leaders really redefine what it means to lead in this mm -hmm. environment and help equip them with the skills they need to have those conversations with employees to really understand, you know, the when, how, and um, where they do the work, right, um, is in a way that's important and meaningful to them, um, but also kind of helps, you know, obviously meet our needs. And I feel like we've done a really good job of that. And we've done a really good job equipping leaders for that. And because of our Ellen Forward Committee, we continue to, um, to continue to, you know, evolve that. Our performance as a company is, you know, as strong as ever, right? And so we really did not see um, any decrease in performance or productivity or anything like that, um, you know, either in the pandemic or even coming out of it as we're trying to find that new balance of mm -hmm. uh, remote versus in-person work. Um, we've really done, I think, a really good job of that. So thank you for joining us for today's Future of Work Florida podcast. To find out more about the resources discussed in today's segment, we invite you to visit our website at flchamber.com forward slash future of work Florida. Together, we can champion the future of work and create America's best workforce right here in Florida. Be sure to subscribe for future content.